So I'm joined on this podcast by the Celtic State of Mind, Russell Boyce. Hi, Russell, how are you doing? Listen, my friend, Regan, it is an absolute honour and a privilege to be on your show tonight. I mean that for the bottom of my heart. How are you getting on? I'm doing good. Sorry to take you away from driving a bus. From driving a bus tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I've just cashed one, mate. <laughs> so I'm joined by Russell when the Celtic have just announced that Eddie Howe won't be the manager. What is your reaction, Russell? Well, I think it's good to have clarity, Regan. Um, Celtic fans can be fickle at times. We need to. We all, all football fans, are a wee bit fickle, if we're being honest. I think we, it's good to know that the guy that we wanted, even though it's a no, I am glad that we now know it's a no, if that makes sense. I wanted, um, I wanted Eddie Howe. I'll be honest to you, I was very much, I, I wasn't as convinced as other people, but I genuinely believed this guy was the right man, the right fit for Celtic. Um I think when you look at the, 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 the history of how long this has taken and how long he's clearly been in contact with the club, if this still doesn't fit Eddie Howe over our backroom teams or over all his needs, then maybe his needs were just a wee bit too much for a club like Celtic to accept. And maybe, I believe anyway, I think that Dominic Mackay is driving the change in, in mindset. I, I, it's my, I'm, I'm basing that on nothing. Um, but I believe that Dominic McKay has decided, do you know what? It's a yes or a no. And if it's a no, we move on. I'm, I'm going to get something brilliant as well. And it's a disappointing day for all of the supporters, Regan. But do you know what? It's better to know than not to know. So you're not going along with the notion that Dominic Mackay has messed up his first job as Celtic uh, chief executive. Then, no, no, I disagree. I mean, I've got, I've got to be honest. I, th- I think, I think if you look at the amount of days since Neil Lennon left, I don't think this was Dominic Mackay's doing that. Neil Lennon left. I think this is very much Peter Lowell's fingerprints on everything. If anything, I think that the the straightforward, drastic action that Celtic have took today strikes me as the actions of a man that's not Peter Lowell, if I'm being honest. I took this notion from, uh, from Tuesday when they announced about the season tickets. See, when they said we expected to announce the manager on the day of the season tickets, that struck mm-hmm. me that, that struck me as, we're going to give Eddie a couple of days. If he doesn't get it back to us, then he can, he can bugger off. I think it's a great point. I think it's a brilliant point, Regan. And and I always found it strange that people were saying, well, his contract at Bournemouth potentially doesn't end until the end of May. Now, if that's the case, they wouldn't ever have hoped to have appointed him before that. So when they said we'd hope to have a manager appointed today or by now, that made me think, well, the 1st of June date hasn't really changed. You can't change a date, Regan. So it struck me like, oh, wow, our target's gone. Like, first choice is off the menu. I just hope everyone can get behind whoever second choice is, Regan. I think that's, it's time for that, isn't it? 
Who do you think it'll be, Russell? Because I'm thinking it may be uh, someone like the guy from Dortmund, uh, Flocker, maybe. Barbara. Yeah. Good show. I mean, I think we would all... I think he'd be... I think he would be like Vim Janssen. Someone who comes in without the hysteria of the English Premier League, which at times is overrated, but has managed bigger clubs than Bournemouth, for example, and done a huge job in a very competitive league. Lucien Favre, to me, would be thinking outside the box. Uh, my concern, Regan, is I love the theory and I back you on it, right? My worry is they don't do it. And they look they look smaller-minded ways, you know? And next thing I just wanted to touch on, Russell, do you think the point where Celtic win Freddie Howe before they appointed a, a, a director of football, do you think that was a, a backward step? We discussed this, Regan, right? I am on a Celtic state of mind, and it's a brilliant question because we tried to work out is it better, Regan, right, to have your manager on board with the director of football, who technically should be his superior, you could say, or at least his equal, or is it better for the director of football to be involved in choosing the manager? Yeah. Now, trying to balance that is very difficult. If you believe, Regan... You have a special manager, special manager. I'm talking Brendan Rodgers levels. You agree with me here, I bet. If Brendan Rodgers told you, Regan, this is who I want as director of football, would you accept it? I would, yeah, I would. You would? You would? Yeah, I would, yeah. So, if Eddie Howe is going in with those demands... The club have a question to ask. What do we do if he leaves, like Brendan Rodgers did, who you've just said you would have let him do that, in two and a half years? We then lose not just the manager, but all his coaching team. Oh, I mean, he's got a bigger army, army than the Battle of Stolen Bridge. <laughs> right? But you lose Rodgers. Uh, sorry, how... All his coaching staff and his director of football goes with him as well. So you're back to square one again. And I believe you have to balance that. And if see the attitude I'm beginning to take today, Regan, was Eddie Howe needed too much to become Celtic manager. And I get the vibe now, if I'm being totally honest with you, mate, that he lacked the self-discipline the self-belief and the onus to be on him to handle a club like Celtic. He needed too many tools. And when he didn't get those tools, spat the dummy at the last minute. Go. Do you not think that he was, that he didn't realise how big Celtic was? Do you not? Because I was thinking that today, maybe, maybe he thinks like, um, I'll, See to Celtic, I'll have this coach, this coach, this coach. But Celtic is an opportunity. You don't get those opportunities every single day to join a big club at Celtic. Mate, I couldn't agree more. 
I think we need to look a wee bit as well. I mean, as much as I'm talking about the footballing side, Regan, you know as well as I do, the instance of John Square the last couple of weeks, Peter Lawler's house being petrol bombed, does that put off new managers coming in? The the vibe I get of Eddie Howe is that he is a all-in sort of guy, so he would have moved his family to Glasgow. Would you move? See, when you see the pictures we've seen, no. Would you move a young family to that? No. No. You wouldn't. So why should a man with no Celtic association again be expected to do the same? Yeah, because I because I agree with you because Paul Lambert was on State of Mind podcast with Colin a few weeks ago and he he said that uh, due to the due to the Celtic and Rangers uh, thing, he wouldn't join Celtic because of the magnitude of the support and the You're so right, mate. Vegan, vegan. This is a guy, Paul Lambert. We seen at Seville. This is a guy who's won the Champions League with Dortmund, and yet he would not put himself in that mixer. What does that tell you, mate? What What would you What do you take for that? I just see someone that just says that this is it's as much as we think we're great fans and we're this and we're that. Celtic and Rangers fans are. Too toxic for some people to handle. Yeah. And the scenes that we've just seen recently, and you're convincing a young family to move up to that. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy sell, is it? Like, I'll give you an example. I've met Neil Lennon three times. Have you? He he invited me up to the the training ground to see the player. And uh, that's amazing. Yeah. And he is one of the the best guys I've ever ever met. And like he um he um took those scenes to heart. This uh during during the during the ten row season, and I know Celtic didn't do well, but they did not deserve to do the treatment that they done. You know, I agree with you so much, and you know, I think. Neil Lennon has a chip on his shoulder now. You know, I think he feels he's been unfairly treated, shall we say, by the fans. But for me, Neil Lennon set up when he did not dictate his coaching team. And he just took the job on a promise. And I yeah. think none of us... I mean, I'm going to tell you a wee story here, Regan. The first ever shot I got from a birthday... 2003, the Seville shirt, long-sleeved deliberately because of Neil Lennon. Lennon 18 on the back because of Neil Lennon. And my dad, who, he died like, he died like about 12 years ago, right? But he was a huge influence on me, Regan, right? A huge influence. And he nodded at me when I said I wanted Lennon 18. He went, love that. He goes, you get it. That's when he realised I got Celtic. Yeah. He went, you're not... I mean, Henrik Larson's the guy you pick, right? You know what I mean? You pick Henrik Larson or you pick a pretty boy like Stan Petrov. I wanted Lennon and I demanded the shirt I got from my birthday was long-sleeved because that's how he wore it. And my dad loved that. He was like, now you understand what Celtic is because you're now looking bit like through the 
through the better players, you're not just looking at ability. You're looking at guys that are Celtic men. And he was like, Lennon is a Celtic man. And it's harder to be critical of Lennon because of that attachment you have, Regan. But we're all here. You do a podcast. I am lucky enough to feature on Paul John Dyke's Celtic State Line podcast every now and then. But we are, we're, we lose credibility the second we talk about just sentimentality. I like to bring that in because I think it's fair to balance it. But when you look at the job he was doing, do you think he was doing well enough? You don't. You know no. he wasn't. Yeah. I know he wasn't doing well, but what, what I'm trying to say is that he, he came into Celtic when Brendan Rodgers was doing apps. He left Celtic for an absolute shit show. You know, he, he did. That was the pure and simple. And Neil Lennon, he, he was there. He, he came in. And Indeed. Even though I think John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan are as much as much use as uh, I don't know what what, what but um, <laughs> a chocolate laptop. Yeah, <laughs> chocolate laptop. But um, <laughs> I, I just think that uh, people need to realise that Neil Lennon has done all for Celtic, and also that. He understood the magnitude of what it meant to people rather than just anyhow. He might not have understood the magnitude of Celtic and how they understand things. You look at Fran Alonso in that jacket. Like Fran Alonso's been been absolutely fantastic all year for Celtic. It's inspiring, isn't it? Yeah, really. I think I think, you know I think if, if I'm being completely honest, I feel Neil Lennon became a wee bit complacent. Um I think the whole I, I don't blame him solely for that, by the way. I need to say that. I think the whole Celtic Roadshow believed that Rangers were far further behind than what they were. And yeah. too many Celtic eyes have been spent on Rangers. And I don't really I don't really get all that stuff. I mean, most of my mates, I'll be honest to you, right, Regan, are Rangers fans. Yeah. Good people. Yeah. They're not idiots. And they are feeling right now vindicated. They feel like they told me for years, this is a train that is coming and it's going to hit you and you don't see it coming. And I think the Celtic fans did become aware. I think the banners, you know, the banners don't yeah. fall asleep at the wheel. Mm-hmm. I think you look back at it all. This is a story we've almost painted together. Between Celtic and Rangers, we've almost scripted the whole thing. It was like the board. It was like the board knew it was coming, but they were just waiting for it to to blow up to, to blow up in a smoke screen. Like they just they, they knew yeah. it was coming. Yeah, you, do you know what? I think the board thought they would get one more year out of this train. They thought they would get the time with complacency, and I appreciate that Celtic spent a lot of money. Regan, they spent. They did spend a lot of money. They got a five million international goalkeeper. They got a five million pound uh, centre forward from West Ham. They got Shane Duffy. But you know what the funny thing is? These signings were all made too late. Diego Laxalt arrives in October because the 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 the, the transfer window got extended. They're going to look on paper and say we gave you all the tools, Neil. 
But funnily enough, near Beaton seems to play centre-back every single Champions League qualifier I can ever remember. <laughs> Is that really a team with four, four, four cast of full planning? <laughs> 50 odd days until the Champions League qualifiers start again, Russell. Mate, you've just nailed it. And again, you're so right. It's just calling it facts, Regan. You're just calling it simple facts. This is how close we are to Champions League qualifier day. We've just had the manager we all wanted pied for whatever reason. And I am the least, you know me, you've watched me, you've seen, like me and you got on well uh, privately as well on the, on the DMs and stuff. You know I'm, I am not a Celtic PLC man, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yet, people think because I'm trying to, I'm trying to spin it and going, do you know what? If, if Eddie Howe didn't want the job, it's good that we called him out eventually. How long were we going to let this drag on for <laughs> with the qualifiers so close? We have to get the right man in sooner rather than later. And if that means a no to the number one choice, we do it. That's do, what big boys do. Yeah. Do you not think we should have kept Scott Brown on for one more year to yeah. stabilise the club? Well, I think now more than ever, Regan. Yeah. I think now you're looking at you're looking at a situation where we all thought we had the manager already signed. Right, let's be honest. We all thought the last three months the reason Patrick Kamala left was because Eddie Howe decided that in the background. Eddie Howe made that decision. Eddie Howe's going to release Ryan Christie. Eddie Howe's released Encham. Stuff like this. And it turns out it's all lies. Someone's making football decisions at Celtic above whoever the next manager is head. And yeah. that has resulted, Regan, in us losing Scott Brown. And also, we need to say to Dominic McKay, please don't do a Peter Lovell and make football decisions because uh, Peter Lovell made far too many and the John McGinn still sticks in my head. You know, I just can't go over that. I really can't. You're so right, mate. You're so right. You've got every right to bring that up. Now, we get to football decisions. Should we be happy now, Regan, that Eddie Howe, we now know, it's a, it's a yes or a no, and it's a no. To me, I've got a feeling that is a Dominic McKay decision. I think it's a good decision because if we waited any longer, would be, you know, I think we need to realise as well as these players can't be signed, uh, let's just say, Celtic rush into the decision. We need to say to this guy, you need to pick the players and say, this is your guy for next season. Not just say, we need to pick these players so we can look as if we're actually doing something, you know? Regan, you're so right, mate. You're so right. I um, I used the terminology a few months ago of our signing balls. I called it Stepping Stone FC. And I think Celtic fell in the trap too often of signing players, promising them the English Premier League or La Liga or whatever as sign for us, do well for a year, we'll punt you on and you'll go to the biggest club. You know, all your dreams will be real. Yeah, I mean, you look, 
I mean, I don't want to bring this up, but you look at Rangers. You look at Rangers, right? Rangers are what are, are doing fantastic in Europe. See if see if Celtic were beating Villarreal, who who just won the Europa League. They beat Benfica. They beat um, Braga. Every Celtic one would be so happy, and and, and we're just accepting. Oh, we'll get through a couple of qualifiers. They will we'll hope hope that they do okay. We need to, we need to expect these things. Peter Lobby will be in charge from 2003. We've not, we've not made it out of the group stage of a, of a, of a tournament. You know? I think you're right. I think you're right. I think, did we downscale because of domestic success? Is that an excuse? I, I feel that Brendan Rodgers, right? Two seasons, two Champions League qualifiers completed, made the group. We turned over as a business, PLC, £100 million, two years in a row. That is what spending money brings in Regan. Third season, you tie one arm behind a great manager's back. You you don't benefit him for the achievements he's made. You actually keep snipping the, you know, the, you know, you keep, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but like you keep, you know, making his job harder when really it should be getting easier. He's generating loads of money. He should be getting that back. Instead, we kept reducing, reducing. I know Edward was nine million, but he sold Dembele for 19 that summer. Yeah. He, he was left with uh, Boyata, who was promised a move that he couldn't hold on to. He knew his, his head was gone. Now, for me, we've turned over 100 in Scotland. A Scottish club, Regan, turns over £100 million two years in a row. That should make Champions League qualification easier, not harder. Yep, I totally agree with you, Russell. Totally agree. And you need to look at the fact we we, we got Diego Laxell for Kieran Tierney. You know, Diego Laxell, you know, you know he's, he's not a good player. He's not a good player. And Greg Taylor... I mean, the guy is good for SPL, but he's not good for Celtic. Mate, I, I, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to say something though. Kieran Tierney for me, irreplaceable. Yeah, yeah I know. One Regan, yeah. what I would say about Kieran Tierney is they don't come along every. You know, you don't produce that out of your academy all the time. No. I know Andy Robertson would say, "Ah, you do." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but. No, but- I just feel sometimes we get a bit short change of what we. I mean, you. I mean, you look at Brendan, right? Brendan yep. got Brendan got us to the Champions League, and all they could do was bring in a guy, Colo Tuni, that was at the end of his time at the Premier League, and then they brought a guy in in January called Swed, who Brendan never heard of, and then then Brendan fucks off to the Premier League. You're so right, and you, you, know, can, you know. Let's talk about let's talk about you talking about money. What goes out? What do you bring back in? Brendan Rogers, right now, Regan, is in the top 10 highest ever managerial transfer fees, if you want to call it. You know, it's compensation, they call it, but it's a it's managerial me. transfer. He is in the top 10 in the world because we got £9 million for him. We reinvested that in a 700 or 800 grand a year free transfer, Neil Lennon. Now, you sell, let's flip it, let's say we sell 
I don't know, James Forrest for nine million pounds. Who right. do we replace him with the right wing? Would you replace him with an eight hundred thousand pound signing? Nope. You would not consider, mate. All the fans would go. That's not a good enough replacement. Well, that is what we did at the most important position at the club. The mo- not right wing, the manager. We got nine million pounds, let alone all the money Rogers generated via Champions League qualification over the, the two and a half years, let alone all the prize money over the, all the trebles. But we also got nine million in one lump as compo. And we, Regan, we did not reinvest that in the department we got the compo for. I find that unacceptable. Do you think that Peter Lowell, he's setting a bit of too much loyalty to Neil Lennon instead of thinking what is best for Celtic and trying to get his 10 in a row? Because you think about it, Russell, that that was the most important thing for Celtic to go, we we want this so bad, so bad, so we need to go and get this. See, as soon as, as, soon as uh, Brendan Rodgers left, well, why do we not go to Eddie Howe? Right, we're going to give you this. You do it, you do, you do a ton for two years, then you can go back down south and do whatever, do whatever you want because you'll be a hero up here. Regan, mate, I don't think it's about one name. I don't think it's about Eddie Howe. I think it's about why did we not go for a manager of a similar standing? Why, if we've got all this money, you have... You've won a lottery, really. I mean, you've it's like, sorry, when you, you go. I mean, it's like going from a from a Ferrari to a, a car that's broke that's broken the garage. You know, it's sad because we are also talking about a Celtic great, and yeah. I always want to give Neil Lennon respect for the memories he gave me on the field. Yeah, and his first spell as manager. Do you know what? That first team he made was one of my favourite Celtic teams ever. Ledley, Kyle, honestly, like Hooper up front, Commons. He turned Commons into uh, an animal. He, and he introduced James Forrest. He also, Fraser Forster, yeah. huge influence on him. Yep. He was massive and he's a giri. Who comes up with that? Michael. He deserves credit where credit is due. Yeah, and you got Michael Michael Lustig, who was a... Oh, yeah, that was Neil Lennon. Yeah. George. And that's, to me, is a modern-day legend, Regan. Yeah. What do you think of that? No, he de- definitely, also, because he's he's brought so much success, and you can't forget the night against Barcelona as well, also. And, and how, how did they, how did we, we get the deciding goal? A youngster that Neil Lennon believed in, Tony Watt. But yet now we're told Neil Lennon doesn't believe in youth. He's got no interest in youth. I don't know. I think, don't get me wrong, I think Neil Lennon made a lot of mistakes second time round. I think he he didn't move at the times as much as he could have. Um, I just want to ask you, Russell, a bit obviously because see Neil, Neil Lennon, so he was the kind of figure that got the blame for this season but who would you put the blame would you blame Peter Lowell or the players Lowell for me I think Neil Lennon was never Neil Lennon drove a 
a boss. Well, I don't want to say a boss because you oh, know what I like. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but I think Brendan Rogers bumped the bus, but it was still a bus that could get to the station. And Neil Lennon took us to the station. And do you know what? Neil Lennon won that league with eight games to go, and he won it uh, with eight games left. He, he capitalised, and he won the Scottish Cup. Fair play to him. But that is when the meetings of Neil Lennon and Celtic should have ended once and for all. It was, thank you for coming and saving us and taking over, but we're done now. Because Celtic, under Rogers is a machine, the uh, Regan, right? It's a machine that, not in a bad way to it, it's not offensively, it's just you're left at a different station now. And I know that sounds rude. I don't mean it rude. I just think Neil Lennon's part of history was actually more cemented than ever by him coming back and steering us where we needed to, to win that treble treble. And then it was time to say goodbye. I don't mean, mean this in a bad way, but... Do you not think that the, the the board should learn from not letting Neil Lennon get his staff this year and say, right, we need to put a, a bum in I game? I don't you learn. Yeah. Do you think you learn? No. Because I still think... Tell me, can... talk to me. Regan, I want your opinion, in fact. I know it's your interview, right? But do you believe the board have acted in the right way in the last three years in terms of believing in who the right manager should be and investing in the right manager? I don't believe they, they, they take any of the fans' recommendations. I don't believe they, they, they try and get... I don't believe they try and get the best players. I don't believe they try and get the best managers. I, I, mm-hmm. I, think, they, I think they just try and try and get by. And I think that's the wrong way to be. I think, you know, it was, like the, it was like the old saying, David Murray, to say... We will spend more than Celtic will win. Remember, it was every five or Celtic time we'll spend a tenner. And you know what? Do you know what's going to happen? And I hate saying this. I hate saying this. They're going to make a mockery of how easy the Champions route is to qualify for the Champions League. Do you think so? Yeah. We have complicated that. Oh, mate. The teams we've been thrown out by, to think how many years we've not made it, I... Look how Rangers made the Europa League. Did they not beat Galatasaray just to make the group stage? Yeah. Oh, Cal. See you later, mate. We would have peed the bed, Regan, against Galatasaray. And that's who we're now up against to qualify for the Champions League. But as a Celtic romantic, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if the one year we do qualify for the Champions League is by us taking the hardest route possible. But yeah. I have, I, I've got to be honest here. I believe Rangers will qualify this season for the Champions League. You know that. Yeah. And if you win that league next year, it's guaranteed group stage. I think all bar some miracle with the coefficient of a team from like Hugus, well Russia, like wins the Champions League. That's the only way it, it won't happen. Do you know what I mean? I mean, for us, that's why I think this appointment is so so important. And people are saying that. Oh, now we should just get a quick fix and try and rush into it because the fans are not happy. No, don't, don't, don't rush into it. Find the right guy first and then appoint him. And we go, right, we, need, we need this guy in right now to make us happy. No, because this 30 million title is going to be, this is probably the biggest title 
we're going to win because it's straight away guaranteed straight into the group stage. Well, I, I think I think everything you've just said there, you're actually having a debate with yourself, Regan. If you think about it, the need is also urgent, mate. The need is urgent because the season starts so soon and the prize at stake is so big. We, I know what you mean. Like You're going, take your time, get the right guy because the end prize is huge. But I think we also need to look short-termism now because the long game, we just played with Eddie Howe. And you know that we have got cream pie over... Every, or custard pie, whatever you want to call it, over everyone's face, Regan. And we all were on Boyce's How Bars. And yeah. I am not... I am now convinced, now more than ever, the next manager we hire will be very EPL style. Like, you can't... I know it's not going to be Yukanovic, but, like, someone that you know, come in, do the job for a year. It's going to be that now. We need to accept there's no long-term plan. We've just proven to the world there was no long-term planning at all. Howe was never in the background. He's turned the job down. So everything that's happened, right, was nothing to do with Eddie Howe, which um, is blowing my mind the more I'm talking about it, to be honest, because I'm like, I, I genuinely believe that we... I'm happy we sold Kamali. It doesn't mean anything to me, but... <laughs> I genuinely believed in my mind that Eddie must have sort of approved that. You know what I mean? Like, put yeah. me, you know, he crossed, he crossed the T's and put the I's in the dots. You know what I mean? Like, that's nice. Um, but, like, for to find out these footballing decisions are happening, Regan, without actually ever having a manager there, we need to go back to short-termism. For me... You want to win the league back and you want to get £40 million, you go to war. I'm in Roy Keane right now. Um, I know that's not popular. I appreciate that. Yeah. I just want to ask you, I, thought, I heard on the go, the, the go radio tonight that they're talking about Martin O'Neill. Would you take Martin O'Neill back? Yeah. Real short term as I'm... Really, one yeah. Year, a one-year deal. One-year deal. We need to, we need to go... <laughs> Uh, and folk doubt, see the thing is, I remember Walter Smith coming back to Rangers. He took him to the UEFA Cup final. This is the guy that ruined my childhood. This is the guy by winning nine in a row, literally killed me, do you know what I mean? And thankfully, Wim Janssen came and we won, we, we, we stopped the 10 with Harold yeah. Bratback and Henrik. Yeah. But Walter Smith was done then. He came back a decade later and took the worst team I mean ever. Kirk Broadfoot nearly got booked by the ref because he did two full shies in a row in the Europa League semi-final. Smith still got them to the UEFA Cup final. Yeah. But... One season, I'm talking short-term termism here, Regan. I don't want... He's not the future. He's not going to put the foundations in like Eddie Howwood. But that's gone. We now need to act quick. And if it's not O'Neill, make it Roy Keane. But it won't be either. I don't think it'll be either. Are you on? I see I'm of the opinion that uh, Roy Keane would be good, but he, he would maybe be too harsh on the players. 
One year, he just used to galvanise. See, when Roy Keane walks out, if he walks out in that Celtic suit with a club tie, trust me, it's a blockbuster. As you know, we can all get on with it. Even the folk who want to hate it will go, hmm, I'll still be there though. <laughs> when he walks out with a my tie, it would be, I mean, like humongous. It, but I don't think it'll be him. I'm going to guess. Here's my prediction. That's Frank Lampard. Okay. I think they'll go all sky, and they'll go Frank Lampard versus Stephen Gerrard. Don't you think that uh, Frank Lampard will want his his coaching team as well? I think Frank Lampard looks at Stephen Gerrard. I Stephen Gerrard's inspirational. What he's done. There's no there's no getting away from it. It's a way it's a way back in that's better than the championship. He's yeah. done the championship with Derby and he's done the Premier League with Chelsea, which let's be honest, he knew unless he he won, you know, even if he won the, the challenge cup, he'd probably still got sacked by Abramovich, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, even sure. if he won the Turek Stike cut Abramovich, it wouldn't have been enough for him. So, I think Lampard will want a bit of what Gerard's got. It's my opinion. I have not seen that in the know. Trust me. I think it was Lampard. Okay. And uh, do you think the club need to be in communication with the fans more and say that this is what we're doing? Because I think this season in particular, they they, uh, treated the fans like... I remember um, when they went to Dubai and stuff, and there was a lot of talk around that. But the fan, the fans were just treated appallingly. They were, you know. Regan, your point is amazing. Your point, everything you're saying there, is spot on. Now I'll tell you why. There's that much of a disconnect between Celtic and the supporters. They thought Dubai was okay. Just based on the government said it's okay, that shouldn't be enough to drive a big decision. The big decision should be made on morals, principles, and taking our fan base into consideration. And I'll tell you this we sent Neil Lennon out to firefight that. For all the criticism I give Neil Lennon, that was a disgrace. Yeah, and he stood up for the club. That he took all that my decision to go to Dubai. It was my and you know what? That was a man taking the hit. He literally took the hit for the club at that point. Because my my heart tells me Neil Lennon knew Dubai was wrong. I think that I think that sold him up the Swanee, for want of a better term, more than it ever could have. Neil Lennon was defending Celtic and putting his own name on Celtic decisions. And because of the temperament he had at the time and his demeanour, he did lose the plot. And it wasn't it wasn't becoming of a Celtic manager, you could say. But the flip side is, if anyone believes Neil Lennon chose the trip to Dubai and was the, the final uh, say on that, they no are chance. giving themselves on. No chance. You agree with that, eh? Yeah, because Celtic said in a statement that uh, the club's been there the last three. Peter Lowell came out in the Celtic uh, Twitter, the t- 
Twitter page with a video saying we'd been there for the last couple of years and it worked so well and we hoped that we, that we come back and do well. We're already 15, uh, 13 points behind. Why do we need to go to Dubai? Yep. And it's read the room stuff, eh? Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I think, I'll be honest to you, I, I, I feel there's been a complacency since the day we appointed Neil Lennon full-time. I don't blame Neil Lennon for that, Regan. That, I blame Celtic for that. But what I will say, in criticism of Neil Lennon, because he's not immune to it, no matter who he was to me growing up, see when they said, you don't get to choose your own coaching team, you say no. Now, you know my, about my buses, Regan, right? You have, you've you waved a few buses off, haven't you, son? Be honest. <laughs> yes, I have, yeah. I have. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So, my Roy Keane bus was slated. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. But the reasoning behind the fans was that he turned us down once. He doesn't get a second chance. Now, look back. Look at the reasons Roy Keane refused the job because you were choosing his team for him. He said, no. We now criticise Neil Lennon for not choosing his team and it didn't work. It's two principles. One stuck to his guns Neil Lennon sold his soul to the devil and found out how it lands. Neil Lennon was part of not winning 10 in a row. Roy Keane isn't. Yeah. That's my argument, mate. Yeah, and that point you touched on there, do you think that is the problem that they, the board would have appointing Roy Keane? Is that he would... Not his. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. Ronnie Tyler. Ronnie Tyler was to be his no. assistant. No, no. I mean, in terms of, do, do you Sorry. think... That uh, Roy Keane would uh, shout at the board if he doesn't get his way, rather than Neil Lennon would just put up, put up with it and say, "Yeah, on you go." That's a brilliant point again, Regan. That you're good at this, right? You are good at this, right? I'll tell you why. So Neil Lennon, first time round, was to me underqualified, Regan, underqualified to be Celtic manager, but. See, when he did get off the job after an eight-game trial or whatever it was, even though he lost to Ross County, I think it was, in the Scottish Cup semi, he still got to pick his backroom team. Alan Thompson, Johan Mialbe, Gary Parker all arrive. Why, Lennon, when you go back to the job for the second time, would you accept not having one guy, not one right-hand man? You are... You're tying yourself up in knots. It doesn't make sense to me. And he has only got... He's a big boy, mate. He's 48 years old when he took that job. 47. You've got to stand by your own convictions and your own decisions. I would have chose my back to team. You would have chose your back to team, Megan. Yeah. And do you think that in terms of new, new winning, do you think that they need to start and say, this is where we went wrong and not do it again. Because, see, see, see the point as well, is right, it's a, great, it's a great opportunity to get a Celtic job, but you but you need to you need to say, if I'm not getting on my terms, then why should I, why should I put myself... Because Neil, Neil Lennon this season, right, 
Celtic fans should this season 25 points, but then he can say the ball bill. I, I didn't get my mind, so what did you expect from me? You're killing it, mate. You're killing it because the fact of the matter is, you've now got a situation where people look at what Neil Lennon did in spite of the, the obstacles and the hurdles he was against, and they go, do you know what? He never had anyone around him that he trusted. We're going to change. Celtic's going to change, right? Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to get a number one target and give him everything he wants. And you end up 93 days later with Eddie Howe going, oh, the physio's not joining. I'm away. And we are back to square one. So you have to see it a wee bit from the club's point of view going, do you know why we safeguard these positions? Because we cannot be dealing with 93 days of promise who thinks he's bigger than Celtic to bail out on the basis that one of his, you know, his army basically, you know, William Wallet, Mel Gibson is like, what? How many folk have you got coming here? You know, I mean, how many people does he bloody need, Regan? And if he's not got the metal for that, I like the fact that went, Lenny, it's going to be Kennedy because we love Kennedy. Because <laughs> Roger's love stuff. And Lenny, Lenny would have made a... You know Lenny would have went to Duff and went, oh, you, you get it. And Duff went, me and you. And when Duff left, Lennon should have picked whoever it was that took, you know, Gavin Shackens ended up in that role. That should have been Lennon's man, Regan. No matter how good or bad a coach the reputation is, that had to be, for me, Lennon's man. That is the mistake. Because Kennedy we can deal with because he's got the respect of others. And I'm sure Lennon... Fuck, think, manager, people don't talk. Do you honestly think they lend in phone Rogers and go, how good is Kennedy? And Rogers not went, he's brilliant. He's a coach, mate. Like, you've got an asset there. I tried to take him to Leicester. He wants your job, but he's good. That is how we win. I just think when Gavin Strachan got appointed when Duff left, that should have been Lennon's call. For Lennon, not to, for Lennon to accept it not being his call, sorry to, like, I just think he sold his soul a bit to the PLC. Yeah. And do you not think that just shows that I think it's an old boys club now. We've became we've became the old boys brigade. It's yeah. jobs for the boys. Yeah. Oh, he gets it. He's he always oh, Celtic man. He's Celtic man. Do you know what? The biggest Celtic man in history is Tommy Burns. Yeah. And we fired him. And do you know why we fired him? Because we had to stop the team. And we hired a Vim Janssen who had no connection to Celtic. We replaced, to me, and I'm going to say this right now, the greatest Celtic of all time is Tommy Burns for me. I know Caesar, I get it. Tommy Burns for me is my favourite Celtic man because I'd love to, I just love to have met him. I'd love to be him. He'd, I get Tommy Burns. And for us to sack him to win was the right thing. Yeah. See now, 
We hire boys. Not to win, but to keep it kosher. We need to move on. We need, uh, and, and the next appointment, I think, is going to be really poignant in where Celtic see themselves as a club. And I know you spoke about it on State of Mind, but there's only been four or five managers in the past who have not been uh, pl- played with Celtic or been associated with Celtic. And I think that's the problem. Because you look at someone like, uh, say, Le- Leicester, they, like, they, they don't go, oh, we'll just pick our best players from over the years to come and, and manage us. They don't You're go, so right. we'll, we'll pick Neil Lennon, we'll pick Wes Morgan to, to manage us. They go and look for the best coach and the best person to, to manage a club. Mate, right, let's have a debate. Let's have a debate. So, 2006, I think it was, Rangers appoint Paul Le Guin. Three semi-finals at the Olympic Lyon. Three, as well as three league guns in a row. Literally the hottest manager in Europe. Why does football move on? If Paul Gwen five months gone. Do you know what though? The flip side is Rangers fans would say we went to the UEFA Cup final three years later, mate. Who's Louis Gwen have got us that? And my worry is you get Lucien Favre favour. We need a favour. <laughs> <laughs> If it's this guy from Dortmund who's the ex-Dortmund manager, does he get the kudos? Does he get the time? My worry is, everything happens, right? I'm going to tell you something, right? It's not just the Celtic. So I said this in the pod about four months ago in the Celtic state of mind, right? I said to Paul John Dykes, I said, see what Gerard's created? He got three years to achieve it. See the next Rangers manager. They'll now be treated on the same meat cleaving cycle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You don't, don't Rangers know. don't go, oh, brilliant, we've got John Terry. Mm. Say it was John Terry, it was like this summer. They don't then give him three years' kudos. They yeah, don't. I totally agree. It's all about the here and now. So now, the sort of what I'm trying to say is, and it's a respect to Gerard, right? <laughs> and it is. Because <laughs> once he goes, they are then in the cycle we are now. No success, no trophy, gone. They are now up at that level again. They're now in that spinning wheel. What I will give them their due is I believe Gerard will achieve European stuff that we never did under a better manager, such as Brendan. Because Gerard. Is given every tool, every tool. Rogers wasn't. Do you think that uh, maybe Bre- Brendan was too one-dimensional for European football? No, I don't think he was given the tools. I think he was generating millions and hundreds of uh, over a hundred million pounds. I knew what the output was in the transfer strategy, and went. You still want me to make a profit here, guys. Like, if you want to be good, be great. Give me 30 million pounds that we can expend. Not 
suffocate with the sales of Dembele's or Armstrong's. Just the spend. Like, I'm mm-hmm. making you the money. I'm making you, I'm making the surplus for you to spend this. No, I'm not like, Rangers speculate to accumulate and it's actually refreshing. We have to compare ourselves with our nearest rivals. Yeah, and I think the biggest problem is as well, Rangers, like, they brought in free summer transfer, free January transfer window, right? And they brought them in for this summer. We never do stuff like that, never. We always plan last minute and we never... We've never pl- planned forward. Mate, everything you've said tonight has been spawned, you know that. And I'm going to give you another example. I'm going to say it one more time. Mir Beaton will be centre-back in our first championship. <laughs> you're laughing because you're going, oh, no. No, again. Mir Beaton doesn't play in a season. But he plays centre-half every European qualifier. Because we uh, underprepare, we don't speculate to accumulate. The next, I've got a two things for you next, Russell. Who would be the best post ball playing position, <laughs> and who and, and who would be the worst at this present point? I think we need to go to war. I have to be honest. The prize pot. Remember, you need to remember this, Regan. We are literally guaranteed 38 million, 40 million if we win the league this year because it's guaranteed group stage. And we owe Rangers a bit of that, by the way, because of the co- they're rising the coefficient. I know it's ironic, but it's the truth. So we finished second this year and are very lucky to be in any form of Champions League qualifier. The best guy? Steve Clark. Oh, okay. And I bet on him. Three months ago, you know I drive buses and I've mislaid everyone. And this is exclusive. I'll tell the truth. The one person I backed, Steve Clark. I think it's going to be. And who would be the worst appointment then? Hey, the worst appointment now? Yeah. Off. It's hard to say. I mean, it's hard to say because I don't... I, I really don't drive that negative bus, if I'm being honest to you. Um, I mean, Regan, I'm, I'm really, I'm a, I'm a, I try to find the positivities in every every candidate. Oh. I mean, if you were really to go like someone like who's in the the EPL Championship now, that's maybe been like a Steve Bruce wouldn't appease fans, but and uh, I just want to touch on next edge of relationship. Shut with Fra- Fran Alonso. Mate, see Fran, whoever's the next Celtic men's manager manager of the team should be taking a lot from what Fran's achieved the last few weeks. Yeah, and uh, from talking to him, do you get that vibe that he just loves being around Celtic then? Mate, it was a, an honour to speak to him and he's not at it. He's telling you the truth. He wants a he wants a he wants a a psyche. He wants a vibe. He wants a club. He wants one club, and he wants that one club to exist since eighteen eighty eight. I just want to say to you: Do, do you feel like the, uh, the 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 ladies' games will be at Celtic Park next year for the Champions League? 
uh, they're missing a trick if they don't, Regan. If they don't advertise it sensibly at ridiculously low prices and go, look at the new pitch, come to Celtic Park, Champions League. And they do a wee advert with the women's music, which is partly different, uh, the Champions League women's music to the men's one. Do a wee advert with it. New turf, new era, new team. Back the TV. Oh, mate, it's so easy. It's so easy. I, I would love to go. Do you think that should be part of the season ticket? If people buy a season ticket, they yeah, should be. I, I think one easy way to interact people with the women's team, which you're trying to grow. We've invested in it. The easiest way to get fans to invest in it is by giving them some freebies. Yeah. The easiest no. way, mate. And yeah. they will be surprised. Yeah, no, definitely. It's been absolutely brilliant. So you do the the Monday Club and the <laughs> the Scrimacelica on State of Mind? Mate, it's my passion. I love it. I mean, I've got a guy above me, Paul John Dykes, who he's measured, he's mannered, he's, he's just a good person and he wants the best. And I'm lucky enough to find myself my day off on a Monday I do the Monday Club. And the Tuesday night was all Paul John Dyke's invention was you do the music thing with Kev. He worked all this out. And I feel right now like the luckiest person in the world. Okay, Russell, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you.